Hello from a Weatherspoons. It's a long story, don't worry about it. Uh, before we start, two things. First, the Zenial Dome is going to Aberystwyth Comedy Festival, 8.30pm on Sunday the 1st of October. Tickets are available at abbacomedyfest.co.uk and Abba is spelt A-B-E-R, not like the Swedish band. Secondly, this week's show. So Essex was in Edinburgh and occasionally you can hear the ding-ding of a tram bell just in case you're listening at home and suddenly think there's a tram behind you or something. I mean, I can't criticise. I am recording this opposite a table of people doing shots and it is 10.30am. Right, let's get this uploaded and see how much their Wi-Fi can cope with. And welcome to the Zenial Dome's Little Dome. My name is Gareth Gwynn. And I'm Essel Sears. And this is the podcast where we look back at a month in Zenial history. We'll we'll aim for any month after January 1977, but today we're talking about September 1995. Okay, I was 14, so start of the new school year. Yeah. Yeah, so I wouldn't even be looking at my GCSEs yet. Just having a really nice time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really fun things that happened in this okay. in this um, month, but the first one I want to talk about isn't something that probably affected you immediately, but I would be intrigued to know your opinion on it as the years have gone on. Okay. Because on the 3rd of September, 1995, eBay launched. <gasps> are, you, okay. are you an eBay person? I, um, I have been right. in the past... I'm not really, not at the moment. No. I don't know why. I feel like it sort of comes and goes into my life, eBay. There will be a short period of time where I will be buying six things on eBay, and then there will be huge portions of my life where I forget it exists. It's a very (laughs) odd thing like that. It sort of comes crashing into your life like a sort of old family friend. (laughs) (laughs) I've got stuff for you. (laughs) Yeah, because I, I reckon at the moment it's it's mainly if I need props or costumes yeah, for something. Totally. Um, but it's really interesting because, because it launched before I was even really using the internet then. This is what really surprised me. I was surprised it launched as early as it did. Yeah. So um, Auction Web was oh, founded no. in California. <laughs> I know. What a name, Auction Web. <laughs> but at that time where every website had to have the word web in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you knew it wasn't a shop. <laughs> Um, auction was found in California on 7th of 3rd, 1995 by French-born Iranian-American computer programmer Pierre Omdia as part of a larger personal site. One of the first items sold on auction web was a broken laser pointer for $14.83. Wow. I like the fact that one of the first items was something that was broken. Yeah. It, it feels like a bad start to something that, uh, that was broken. Astonished, the guy who set it up um, Pierre contacted the winning bidder to ask if he understood that the laser pointer was broken. And the buyer explained, I'm a collector of broken laser pointers. What? And I think at this point, Pierre went, Oh, people are mad. I'm going to become a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It soon became the first online auction site allowing person to person transactions, and its popularity boomed. Does he still own it? <laughs> He's the founder of eBay. He served as chairman until 2015. Okay. And um, I think he probably has quite a nice life. My God. But In it's... his house full of second-hand items. 
Um, have you? <laughs> yeah. So, are you a buyer or a seller of stuff? I have sold stuff on there in the past as well, but I find it really stressful. And also, you never—I never make much money from it because postage-wise, like you've got by to the know time what you're doing a bit, yeah. It feels like it was such an important blueprint, though, for yeah. for buying and selling online. So my girlfriend, like, sort of got through university, like, made extra money by buying and selling stuff on eBay. Really? It started out, it was something like nail art pens. Okay. You couldn't buy collections of them in Britain in a variety of colours. Mm. So she bought a sort of job lot of them in bulk yeah. from somewhere like China or Korea or somewhere. Yeah. Sorted them into packs of colours and then just sold them on eBay. And, I love this. <laughs> yeah. And then made money doing that. And that was wow. like, so every Sunday she sorted them into colours, she packaged them up, she sent them off and she made a profit on it. And you go like, good entrepreneuring. Wow. Until uh, the, 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 the nail art pens started to be sold in Britain in packs. Uh, okay. So that sort of killed that. So she was walking around going like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if there was another thing that I mm. could buy and sell in bulk? And she went to a cash and carry in Swansea. And there were a load of dirty novels. Oh! <laughs> and they're novels that are like Mills and Boone, but like a bit spicier. Oh, hello. And she, they were selling these however They were like, I can't remember what it was, like three for ten quid or something. Yeah. So she went home. She searched on eBay. I was like, oh, these have a real markup. Because people don't want to buy them in shops themselves. Oh! So she went to the cash carriage, bought them all, came back, put them on eBay. Everyone was like, yes, please. <gasps> so she packaged them up in like packs of three, yeah. sent them. I was like, this is doing well. Went back to the cash and carry. This time, they were like, 10 for 10 quid? She's like, I'm having all these. She bought all of them again, went oh back, God. packaged them up, sold them on, all good. Went back and they were like, a box of them for a tenner? Filled her car with them, came back, was packed them up, absolutely fine. And then her eBay account got suspended. Oh. Because someone else doing a similar thing went, uh, yeah, I want to stop the competition and made a complaint about, I don't know what even yeah. the complaint was. Was it something to do with like illegitimate practice? They're just novels. They're just, you know. Well, yeah, and it's, you have more than one bookshop. Yeah, and 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 they would be they would be novels with titles like Under a Moonlit Sky. <laughs> so what then happened? She had a flat full of erotic oh, literature no. and no way to get rid of it. Oh my god. And there was a period where you'd just be like sitting down on a pile of books. <laughs> With, like, a person dressed as a teacher on the front. That sort of thing. <laughs> or, like, having your dinner next to a box of books with a fireman on the front of <laughs> like, like a couple of perverts. Well, so... Then she, she's like, right, we need to get rid of these. So she ended up, like, trying to, like, find someone she could sell them in bulk to. Mm. Which she eventually did. But what was odd is that, because of the way she'd bought them, they were just in boxes everywhere... Mm. Even now, when we move house, we will find a shoebox oh, wow. full of ropey novels. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's incredible. I've ne- I have never heard the story before, and I'm fascinated by it. I love how entrepreneurial she is. The other thing is, I think the Kindle would have killed it anyway, because uh, yeah. it was so clear these were things that people were embarrassed to buy in WH Smith. Yeah, yeah. What was the name of the publisher? I want to say it was something like Silver Moon Publishing or something like that. <laughs> it's a name like that. If it's not that, it's yeah. damn close. But I'm surprised that they allowed her account to be suspended. Yeah. I think it was at a point where she was willing to, rather than go through the rigmarole of just constantly fighting, yeah. I think she thought, do you know what? Maybe we just like sell these. If, if this is going to become a battle, let's yeah. just try and get rid of these. So she put she put like an advert on a on a website in the town she was living in, and went like, "Does anyone want?" And I remember, <laughs> I forgot this because <laughs> I went through the pile yeah. and like made num like a numbered list of everyone. So it was like, right, we've gone si- we've got sixteen copies of He Was a Stable Boy. We've got- <laughs> itinerary which she then had to put online and somebody was like yeah i'll buy them and it's one of those things where you don't you don't want to go like and what do you do for a living you're just like please take these off us (laughs) we don't know who you are or why you want 200 erotic books (laughs) i'm so she was like she was at the forefront of of actually making some money off she made it. some she made some actual money off eBay yeah I think the Kindle would have killed it off and then mm. it also preceded Fifty Shades oh uh, yeah the thing. of course so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Fifty Shades was a bit of a line in the sand for reading these books in public <laughs> <laughs> oh well because and and now because thinking about Amazon as well and thinking about these types of books specifically because you can self-publish now. Yeah. I mean, these types of books, there's like, I've never purchased any, but there are loads on Amazon yeah. that have just been self-published by people. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is the thing, is just, it's not the same as it was back in the old days where it was... No. I mean, I was in at the ground floor on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember... Because obviously they were everywhere. The back page of them was like, do you want to try and write one of these? And it was like a little details about like, this is what we look for. This is how you do it. And obviously at the time, I'm sort of thinking about getting into writing. I'm like, this is a place to start. Oh my God. Is this the episode where you reveal that you've got an erotic novel out there somewhere? That would have been so fun. Oh my God. Because so many people who shouldn't be writing erotic novels do write them. Because... Um, hasn't Nadine Doris written? She's she's written a few novels. Yeah, she's they, written several novels. I think that in that way that weirdly, when all politicians write a novel, there's always Something. they're always like a little bit more um, blue yeah. than they need to be. Yeah. <laughs> in both the political and dirty sense of the word. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Wow. Um, what I do buy, actually, I've completely forgotten about this. Every year, like around about this time, I'll start looking for Christmas decorations because I really oh. love the old, like, 60s and 70s ones, yeah. the really ornate ones. 
So every year, because and because they're so old, I will always break at least two of them every yeah. year. So I have to keep buying them, and there's always loads on there. So I do, yeah, I do that every year. That's quite, and and you search for them now because now they'll be cheap. Before, yeah, because in the right in the run up to Christmas, it'll get too expensive. But there'll be some up there now. So yeah. oh yeah, actually, we are in exactly the time of year. It's normally the first week or so of August. So we're recording this in yeah. mid August. It's normally the first week or so of August when Selfridges will open their Christmas shop. Yeah. I was on my way in the BBC to do, and this is what's in the papers, let's have a chat right. about it. And I was walking there, and one of the things they wanted to talk about was Selfridges opening its Christmas store. Mm. And so on the way into the BBC in London, where I was going to do it down the line, I went and I bought a Christmas decoration on the 2nd of August. Oh, okay. More to just go, I'm going to be the first person who's bought a Christmas decoration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you do see members of staff who've been allotted in the christmas bit going why am i here this is yeah this is definitely this yeah. is the, the, where they put people who they don't really want talking to members of the public <laughs> <laughs> what was the ornament you bought oh i can't remember i bought it because larry sean was the presenter and she was in london right. and so that was why and they said oh come and we, we'll get people who are welsh and in london to come and do the show yeah so i Gave it to a Larry Shaw. I thought I'm going to buy a Larry Shaw Christmas decoration on the way in. That's really um, nice. So that's what I did. And I, ca- I cannot remember what it was. But yeah, I bought a Christmas decoration on the 2nd of August. Oh. Like one of, the, you know, like that mad guy who every year is in the news because, like, this guy has Christmas every day. Right, yes. And I... he's there <laughs> wolfing down a turkey and. I talk about this guy often because I've always said I don't want to see this news feature in December. I want to see him in a heat wave in June, <laughs> but it never happens. I want to see him on a bank holiday weekend <laughs> watching. I want to see him like watching the World Cup eating a Christmas dinner. <laughs> Although, to be fair, that did actually happen last year. You could yeah, have done that and it wouldn't could- have been too too weird that's a bad example i want to watch him eating a christmas dinner while watching a summer olympics yes that's what i want that's yeah. that's exactly what i want yeah he's eating a christmas dinner every day and i'm the one with high blood pressure <laughs> he's not doing it though is he he's not he's he not doing it ev- no i want it we want, i want it to be like ofsted i want spot checks <laughs> i want someone <laughs> I want a journalist to say, we're going to batter yes. down your door one day this year. And if you're not eating a Christmas dinner, yeah. the, whole, yeah. the whole thing's blown. You're yeah. right, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyone could do that. I'm going to claim I eat an Easter egg every day. <laughs> it's always Easter in this house. <laughs> I'm just no saying, one would, yeah. Just the idea of you doing a new segment for BBC Wales, like, just sat there with, like, bunny ears. I love Easter. <laughs> I've always loved Easter. It's always Easter in this house. <laughs> I get up, I go to church, <laughs> I eat an Easter egg, and then I look at what's on telly, and it's never anything special. It's just like the antiques road shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd think they'd put it on a film, and they don't. <laughs> it's always Easter. <laughs> oh, my God. I think this is going to be my new thing. It's always Easter. Because it doesn't have to be a massive Easter egg that you eat every day. It could just be a small one. When they come into the shops, I'm going to buy 365 cream eggs. <laughs> and then just <laughs> eat one of them every day. Because it's always Easter. <laughs> and I won't work on a Friday. I won't go work on a Monday. <laughs> 
But which Easter, which Easter day are you actually celebrating? It should always be Easter Sunday, really. It should always be like this. It's not like the guy who has Christmas dinner every day is like, oh wait, today's Boxing Day. So is that when Jesus re- was resurrected? Uh, that's when Jesus rose from the dead. Fine. Okay, so you're not killing him every day. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. The opposite, if anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, because Mr. Christmas dinner. God, imagine. The amount of stuff he must have built up ready for when Boxing Day finally comes. Oh my god. Yeah. If he's leaving a bit of turkey aside every he must he must do Christmas Day, Boxing Day, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. He can't do Christmas Day every day. He's not doing uh, any of it, Gareth. He's not doing any of it. <laughs> he's not Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. <laughs> I have no context for this, and I'm hoping you do. Uh, this is like a gap in my cultural knowledge, but September 1995, the BBC series of Pride and Prejudice. <gasps> came out. Yes, that was my my sexuality for like five years. <laughs> 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 oh my god, everything about it, like the music. I just yeah, and I used to oh my god, and I had it. Um, so yeah, so anyone who's listening who isn't familiar with it, it's the one with Colin Firth in it. Oh, and it's yeah, and I remember I got the box set. I think for my birthday, and I would sit in my parents' study with a tiny TV and the tiny um, VHS, and I would watch it over and over. It was like a comfort thing. I just, I wanted to live in that period. I wanted to wear those dresses. I I wanted Colin Firth. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and every single adaptation that's been released after that has not hit the same spot. It does feel like that was, oh, you can make big money off one yeah. of these and and for the for the next 20 odd years people are going oh costume drama <laughs> oh let's do another one yeah let's do another one we've done we've done the most famous one first <laughs> Shit. Uh. Yeah. should we do emma oh. yeah we'll have to start working through the <laughs> well yeah and even when they've done pride and prejudice again as well it's just been mm, it's not the same well, well it's not like you, you, yeah because doing it again it's an interesting thing to try and do it again, given that it's always going to be in the past. Yeah. So, you know, if it, if it was in black and white, you could do it in colour. Yeah. But once you've done it, haven't you done it? I don't know. That's, it seems an odd thing to try and remake when there's one that is so yeah. weirdly iconic. Yeah. I was watching something the other day, like an American drama. And for a joke in the background, they had Bride and Prejudice on, in, on the telly in the background. But they when... used it. Have you seen the Barbie movie? That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. And yes. it's and it's all over TikTok because it's you've got all these these um so it's depressed Barbie, isn't it? Depressed Barbie one, who yes, I have watches seen, uh, yes. Pride and Prejudice. And yes. and so on TikTok now you've got young girls as well, like saying, Oh, that's me yeah. <laughs> It's like wow That was it. I saw it in the Barbie movie, I had a thing going like that is amazing that that is a reference. Yeah. Yeah. That is, what are we talking, 28 years ago. Whoa. And it's, yeah, I, I thought that was quite impressive. Have you the, seen the, it? Have you seen No, I haven't. I've never oh. seen it. But I think it's back on iPlayer, so I probably should. It's so good. I think as well, because they've just got the, the casting is just perfect. Like all of them, like mm. even the, the periphery characters and stuff. And it's, and it's so nicely 
shot and oh yeah oh man it genuinely i I don't know how many times i watched it It (laughs) tens of times so you had it on vhs it was vhs it was like a double vhs one of those big chunky double vhs's which always felt quite satisfying to open yes (laughs) yeah um because yeah because it was a it's a little bit i guess like buying like a double um you know where you can get like a supersized chocolate bar now and you can yes. get like an extra yes. bounty. <laughs> so you've bought a, a VHS and that first VHS finishes, but it doesn't matter because there's a second one. There's a whole second <gasps> one ready to go. <laughs> oh God, yeah, no, I was obsessed with it and I, I wanted to wear those dresses, just those like like nice cotton dresses that they wore. And I just, and also because I, I'm still am mad on horses, it really lent into this idea of living in a time where you were just on a horse constantly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd have enough land to just be on your horse all the time. Oh, I just, yeah, because at the time, I don't know if I was that bothered about the, um, the, the, the love interest thing in it. Mm. It was, it was just, I don't know, it was the whole experience of it. I can't. So how old have you been when it came out? You've been 15 when it came out. 14. 14. It did, um, I think, cloud my view of what relationships probably should be like. (laughs) Because 14-year-old boys from Aberystwyth aren't going to be on a horse. Well, actually... Can't even even ride a horse. (laughs) Can't even ride a horse. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So so maybe, I, I wonder if it set our expectations a bit high. With with Colin Firth, but, um, have you got it on DVD? Have you watched it? No, recently? I haven't. I haven't watched it since the nineties. It would be the sort of thing. It would be fascinating for you to watch now. <gasps> you know the do... thing where you watch that you haven't watched yeah. since you were a kid. Should do like um, what do they call them? Um, they, they used to have along. yeah, like <laughs> they used to do during the pandemic, and you get loads yeah. of people to watch something at the same time, and watch then I'll tweet once. about it. It went out on the twenty fourth of September. Okay, I can do that. Hang on, let me check my calendar. Make sure there's something else more important happening. If you email Colin Firth now, he might join it. Fuck off. I'm, al- I'm already there. I'm already there. I'm already telling him to turn his mute off. <laughs> And that is September 1995. Thanks, Gareth. We've lived through some stuff, haven't we? Yeah, I I think September... I've got a feeling that, like, inventors are, like, the school year and they really get going in September. So I I think the September episode is going to be quite quite full of fun things. Good. Um, So, yeah, uh, get in touch if you ever bought a filthy book off eBay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The hotmail.com, And you can tweet us. At the Zenial Dome, Instagram Zenial Dome, and um, like rate and review us and all that sort of nice stuff. Just please tell tell other Zenials that uh, this thing exists. Yeah, yeah, and we can all watch Pride and Prejudice together sometime. Oh man, right? Yeah, I'm gonna set that up. <laughs> Do a watch party. We will be back next week. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>